Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. That's right. I am Malika Andrews, and this is NBA Today. And each morning, I pour myself a cup of coffee, or 17, and I ask myself, what's going to happen in the NBA today? And usually that's when I get a notification from Adrian Wojnarowski. But over the last two weeks, the answer to that question has kind of been one of these things, right? It's been... It's Kevin Durant requesting a trade. Where's that going to go today? And Minnesota moving everything except the rights to Prince's recording catalog to the Jazz for Rudy Gobert. And then DeAndre Ayton finally getting paid by the Suns. A seven-foot-one freshman from Nassau, Bahamas, DeAndre Ayton. Look at Ayton bringing up the floor. Three on one. Down. Goes hard to the rim and steps the it through. Pick, the Phoenix Suns select DeAndre Ayton. The future of basketball is a spectacular talent. Oh, eight on the cut and the jam. So skilled. And a lot of credit on the way he's playing right now. Nine tenths remaining. Crowder will inbound. Crowder looking, throws it alley. Oh, eight puts it down. He puts it down. I'm told that the DeAndre Ayton extension talks have ended wow. without a deal. Going into the season, he did not feel valued by this Phoenix organization. Everyone got a piece of the pie except for him. We have breaking news. DeAndre Ayton has agreed to a four-year, $133 million maximum offer. Within moments of signing four-year, $133 million offer sheet with the Indiana Pacers. So they had to take care of their center, and they matched it within minutes. So here's what the Suns matching the offer actually means. It means that Aiton can't be traded. He cannot until January 15th, and he has veto power on any trade. And the Suns, they entered the luxury tax for the first time since 2009, and the moves that the Pacers made to clear cap space to sign Aiton to the offer sheet, they cannot be reversed. So that's a little bit of mumbo-jumbo. I want to be very clear on what this means as we welcome in our senior NBA insider, Adrian Wojnarowski, fresh off of a red-eye Woj. Welcome home. The last time we spoke, 24 <laughs> hours ago, you broke the news that Indiana signed DeAndre Aiton to the largest offer sheet of all time. And now here we are. Phoenix matched it. Why would they match it as opposed to just signing him to a max contract? Uh, Malika, ultimately, uh, they didn't value uh, DeAndre Ayton at a max contract, max money. And so they, I think, had doubts that anybody else in the league who could create cap space would also value him at a max. They challenged his agents, Bill Duffy, Nima Namakian, to go out and get an offer sheet. This is restricted free agency. This is what it's about. You don't lose the player. You get a chance to match the offer sheet. That's what they did. Four years, $133 million. But this process does create acrimony. And certainly, uh, it was felt in Phoenix, I think mm. especially at the end of last season, uh, by DeAndre Ayton, and now 
when you match the offer sheet, you get DeAndre Ayton back. Now there's some mending that has to go on. And I think, uh, I think especially Monty Williams, Chris Paul, the leadership of that Suns team, listen, they're uniquely uh, able to go and do that. Monty Williams has had a very strong relationship overall with DeAndre Ayton, but it gets tested in this process. But he's got the contract now. He's got max money, just like those in his draft class who came behind him, Luka Doncic, Trey Young among them. And I think, you know, I think once DeAndre Ayton gets back to Phoenix, gets back to work, you know, certainly he understands this is a team that, again, this year has a chance to compete for a championship, uh, and they'll figure this out. He'll fit back in and they'll go back to work. This sort of segues nicely into my next question, and the question may be simpler than the answer. What happens now for both Phoenix and Indiana? Well, Indiana, listen, this was just, uh, they took a swing. They had a lot of cap space. They're in a rebuild. It wasn't as though giving uh, the offer sheet to eight and precluded them from something else. It got matched within minutes. Uh, it used to be sometimes that cap, it, it would go on for days. It used to have a longer period that a team had a match or had time to match. And so for Indiana, listen, they're a team, uh, you know, Tyrese Halliburton, uh, uh, this young group um, that Rick Carlisle is going to coach in Indiana. They're rebooting this roster. DeAndre Ayton fit with their timeline. He's still 23 years old, soon to be 24. They had nothing to lose in this. Uh, they move on. You know, Brooklyn did that early in their rebuild mm. with cap space. Took some shots at some uh, offer sheets. They got matched. They moved on. And again, Phoenix, listen, they uh, that's what this process is, restricted free agency. And they matched it. Uh, perhaps it's more than they wanted to spend uh, for DeAndre Ayton. But you cannot let an asset of his caliber, he's irreplaceable for mm. them. Uh, you don't let a player like that walk out the door for nothing. And they did. Well, you mentioned the magic word, or should I say the magic team, Brooklyn. The question on everyone's mind is, what does this mean for the Suns' pursuit of Kevin Durant, or should I say Kevin Durant's interest in the Suns? Yeah, I mean, that's certainly mutual. Uh, but I think for Phoenix, it becomes harder. I think having DeAndre Ayton uh, where they did, where they could have perhaps uh, included him in a sign-and-trade as part of a bigger deal for Kevin Durant, uh, certainly gave them uh, more ammo to go after him. Uh, Brooklyn didn't necessarily have interest uh, in DeAndre Ayton, but there could have been a third or a fourth team in the process uh, that could have moved the pieces around, and Ayton could have helped Brooklyn get something they wanted um, as part of a bigger Kevin Durant deal. Mm. That can't happen now. He can't be traded until January 15th. He can't be traded without his consent for a full year. Uh, Devin Booker can't be traded for a full year, although the Suns are not trading Devin Booker in a deal for Kevin Durant or anybody else. Mm. Does it make it impossible? No, they still have a lot of picks. They have Mikkel Bridges, Cam Johnson. There are assets there. Whether that's enough to go out for what Brooklyn would want, does want for Kevin Durant, and to think that there's not somebody out there who could top it, mm. it just is a much harder road for the Suns to get KD, uh, certainly in the short term. Absolutely. One more while I still have you. Uh, you reported on Tuesday that the Jazz, they're showing a willingness to listen to offers on Donovan Mitchell. So where do we stand right now on the Mitchell front? 
Yeah, Utah is talking throughout the league. They checked in with New York uh, right around the time that we reported that the other day, traded some ideas with the Knicks uh, about what the Knicks might be willing to do, what the Jazz would want. And it was really just more of a conversation uh, to kick off what will be, I think, an extended process over time. And listen, New York is certainly very interested in Donovan Mitchell. He is from New York. Uh, they have wanted to use their picks, their assets, their young players to go out and try to get an all-star level player. Donovan Mitchell certainly fits that. Uh, but I think for Utah, they, they have time on their sides here with a long-term contract with Mitchell. They, they have a sense of what a structure might look like. I think a number of different structures could look like with the Knicks. They'll go out, they'll talk, they'll continue to talk to those around the league. I would expect New York and Utah to revisit it, mm. uh, perhaps revisit that conversation in the coming weeks. But this is not a uh, process that's um, a negotiation back and forth or a, an everyday thing. It's not that. Uh, there's certainly a lot of interest in Mitchell around the league. And, you know, one thing you know about, especially with Danny Ainge at the top in Utah, you know, he does deals historically when he feels like he's got a decided advantage in the return. I got that with Rudy Gobert. We could point to a few deals in Boston uh, that they've got you know, tremendous returns for assets. And I think it's going to be the same thing with Donovan Mitchell. But New York is a motivated suitor. Interesting. But at this point, there is no rush. Adrian Wojnarowski, thank you so much for joining us here on NBA Today. Woj just gave us so much to process because this feels like the offseason that just keeps going. There are more and more dominoes to fall. And speaking of dominoes, for a little bit more on everything Woj just outlined, it's my friend Monica McNutt. Oh, my gosh. What is that noise? Oh, yeah, it's because you're live from Sin City. And, Monica, I see you. you got the strip going on behind you, Caesar's Palace yeah. over there. So we're going to make this segment a little bit Vegas-themed. Are you ready to test your luck, okay. my friend? All right, let's do it. All right, we're going to do it. And we're going we're gonna to spin the wheel on what team will Donovan Mitchell be on next season. What do you think? Oh, man. Listen, I like the way Woj phrased it. Mm. New York is a motivated suitor. And listen, Danny Ainge has a track record of stocking the cupboard when he does these deals. The Knicks do have, I believe, 11 picks over the next seven years. And so that, to me, seems to be the place that would be the leader in the clubhouse, so to speak. Obviously, Donovan's relationship with Leon Rose and some folks already in the front office. He's really close with Emmanuel quickly, although I don't know that that would be his teammate if this deal uh, manages to get done. But I'm leaning toward the Knicks on this one, Malika. Interesting. All right, how's your poker face, Monica? I don't have a good one. Girl, I have a terrible poker face. <laughs> I kind of was, I was like, you laugh too much to have a good poker face. I don't have a good poker face either. Well, we're going to test it anyway. If you're the okay. Nets, little game of poker here. Are you waiting out Durant or are you holding on to him next season? A little call bluff action. Mm. Okay, so I think, oh, I kind of think that Katie ends up working this out. I don't know if I'm yep. in the minority on this one, but I think if I know that the initial thought is to move KD and then deal with Kyrie, mm. but I kind of feel like if you could do a deal for Kyrie and convince KD that now things are going to be a little bit more streamlined and we will be able to focus on the goal of winning here in the Nets organization. I mean, remember before Kyrie got the green light to play part-time, KD was rolling. They had a good thing going um, with the Brooklyn Nets there. So 
Part of me thinks that this one, the Nets will just need to kind of wait him out and see if they can figure a way to make things, make amends, we'll call it. Okay, all right, I like that. All right, a little game of blackjack is where we're going next. Now that you have matched the offer under eight, and if you're the Phoenix Suns, are you standing pat? Or are you trying to improve and potentially figure something out? We know we can't get traded until mid-January, but figure something out on the Kevin Durant front. You're still after KD. Come on, Malika. What, what do I say in Blackjack? Hit me or I'm playing? I don't know. I'm yeah, terrible at Blackjack, too. I can't count. Hit me. Anyway, uh, you're still going after Kevin Durant. I get it. DeAndre Ayton, to me, I think he deserves this amount of money. I think he's a guy that's going to have a great career in the league, but he's not KD. And if you have an opportunity to go and get KD, even if it is January 16th or whatever the case may be, then that's what you do if you're the Phoenix Suns. And so I don't think that that's disrespectful. I think that's the nature of the beast and the NBA that we all enjoy, particularly trying to capitalize on championship windows, especially with the point guard and Chris Paul, who I guess we might be starting to see the end of the, or the light at the end of the tunnel. I think you made a lot of sense in all three of those hypothetical games that we just played. Monica, because of that, you, you win. So please don't go too far. Thank we you. have so much more still to come on NBA today, including hear what Warriors owner Joe Lacob had to say about winning even more titles after their fourth championship in eight seasons. Plus, I know some people who are actually good at blackjack. So Nick Friedle and Dave McMiniman, they joined the show and put on their GM hats. What move should the Nets and the Lakers make? And all-star game MVP, Vegas Aces star Kelsey Plum, she joins the show. Do not miss that. NBA Today is just getting started. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. In court last week, Brittany Griner pleaded guilty and acknowledged possessing the canisters containing cannabis oil, but said she had, quote, no criminal intent. And the update today is that a lawyer for the WNBA star at her drug possession trial has given a Russian court a letter from a U.S. doctor recommending she use cannabis to treat pain. And the two-time Olympic gold medalist and standout for the Phoenix Mercury was arrested at a Moscow airport in February after customs officials said they found vape canisters and she faces up to 10 years in prison if convicted. So we are now joined by ESPN's investigative reporter TJ Quinn. TJ, thank you so much for joining us here on NBA Today. I just want to get right to it. What happened exactly in court this week? 
the defense got its first chance to, to make some sort of statement on her behalf. Again, she has pleaded guilty, but they're hoping to, for a lighter sentence, uh, a couple things. One was they, they did make the case, as you said, that she came there with an, with an understanding that uh, a doctor said she should have this. Hard to say how good that strategy is. An American mm. man named Mark Fogel was just sentenced to 14 years, and he had medically approved marijuana. But the real influence is they wanted, they want to push along negotiations that are taking place between the two governments. That's the real goal here. But she also uh, had sat in court yesterday and for the first time saw two people she knew before she was arrested, her teammate and her GM from her Russian team who spoke as character witnesses. So those were the two witnesses that appeared in court for Brittany yesterday. How did it go? Well, from what I'm told, it was very emotional. Again, she hadn't seen anybody she knew except the lawyers that she met in Moscow since February 17th. Uh, to make eye contact with them, I'm told there were some tears. Uh, it was very emotional. Uh, they've, there's only been written contact between her and her wife and supporters in this country. Uh, so it was a big deal for her that they were there, but it was also pretty interesting to experts I spoke to that the two of them felt comfortable enough walking into a Russian court to speak up on her behalf. That took some guts and some knowledge that they wouldn't face repercussions for doing so. Thank you, TJ. We have much more to come in the coming days ahead. I do want to put up, pull up this photo that was taken today by Natalia Kolesnikova. It's of Brittany Griner in her jail cell holding up a photo of her fellow WNBA players wearing her number and name on their jerseys during the second half of the All-Star game that was this past week. Remember, Griner has now been in custody for 148 days. Our next WNBA game is Sunday on ABC in the app. It's Aces versus the Sun. And speaking of the Aces, Kelsey Plum is going to join us later in this show. So the trade talks that have Twitter abuzz are still just that. They're just, they're talks. But talking, of course, about Kevin Durant and Donovan Mitchell, and both are very much on the market. Both of their current franchises demanding quite the haul for each of them. And who knows, maybe they'll wind up in the same mega trade at some point down the line, like our Bobby Marks and Brian Windhorst hypothesized on this show. But we can't predict the future and not give you a little bit of the tail of the tape. So here it is. Let's take a look at these two players and where they stand. Their contracts, they run through 25-26. KD's owed over $192 million in that span. Donovan Mitchell, he's gonna make around $135 million and Durant is eight years older than Mitchell. So joined now by Nick Friedel and Monica McNutt. And starting with you, Monica, which of these two is more likely to start the season on their current team and why? Dude, I think it's KD. Listen, here's the thing. Danny Ainge has gotten sort of scorched earth in his commentary. Um, we had the, this conversation last night over our Summer League broadcast with Sean Kelly and George Sedano, and we all kind of agree that Ainge sort of being so blunt about what he defines as a successful season mm. um, is curious. I and mean, so I think there's a little bit more angst there that might want Ainge to make this happen as opposed to me believing that the Nets might still want to smooth things over and keep working with KD. It's Kevin. The Nets are holding on to that hope that it's still possible yeah. that after a couple more months of no movement potentially that he could come back. But Mon, if you're Danny Ainge and you're looking at all the picks that have come your way for Rudy Gobert mm -hmm. and all the picks potentially that could come your way for Donovan Mitchell, you're going to make that move if you're ready to hit the rebuild button, which it appears that they are in Utah. 
Brooklyn is still holding out to the hope, and that's all it is right now, but they have the hope that if they can't find the right move for Kevin, they go back to him and say, hey, we tried and we'll continue to try, but we want you to come back and start the year and see what happens. So absolutely in my mind, I think Donovan Mitchell of these two guys would be the first to go. I've heard this from Nick, but Monica, I haven't actually heard this from you yet. Is there somewhere you want to see Donovan Mitchell play? Oh, I do know that the Knicks uh, fan base is sort of clamoring, and there are relationships there. But I actually, I don't think that you can sleep on him as a fit in the Miami Heat organization as well. I mean, listen, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, you add Donovan in that mix. I, I don't know exactly what it would cost and if the Heat have enough to make Danny Ainge happy. But I think if you can add him there, that only propels the Heat, who managed to be contenders, whether we see that during the regular season or not, regardless. We'd see you in that, uh, that hat you had a little bit more if... Uh... If he went down there, we we would love to see that hat. Uh, get all the size eights that can possibly fit into my bag. But in order to make that happen, they've got to find more picks. And if the Heat yeah. really want to pull off at least this move for Donovan Mitchell, they've got to find a way to get more draft capital than they have in the moment. Interesting. Well, we are not done talking about Donovan Mitchell and Kevin Durant coming up on NBA Today. Fresh off another title, we ask our panel who they're taking. Is it the Warriors or the field next season? Plus, sitting down with the newest member of the Clippers is Ohm Young Masuk. What John Wall had to say about his legacy and how the battle of L.A., it isn't really much of a battle in his eyes. And summer league and summer vacation, both in full swing. We take a look at some of the stars and what they've been up to. All of that and more. Keep it locked on NBA Today. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. It's been a long road. I was letting the team down at a point where I wasn't able to play. I never wanted to just be about me. When I say I'm, I'm here with Kev, I think that it really entails us managing this franchise together. All right, 
Kevin Durant, Donovan Mitchell, not the only ones with a little bit of uncertain futures, but we've touched on them. Now we're going to touch on Kyrie Irving, also very much just in this mix right here. So we have Dave McMenamin, we have Nick Friedle back, and what I want to do is imitation, the mm. sincerest form of flattery, Dave I loves believe. To do that. <laughs> Dave loves the imitation. Is that right? Ready for it. So, yeah, sure. Yeah. Shout out to our friends on PTI, Mike Wilbon, Tony. We're going to do a little bit of what they do, where Dave, can you please play Rob Palinka, the general manager of the Lakers? And Nick, will you please play Sean Marks, the general manager of the Nets? And I'm going to pose some scenarios to you two in character, and I need your answers, please. Sound good? We got. Oh, Let's go, boy. Malika. Make okay. the suit a little bit skinnier, a little bit tighter. <laughs> All right, well, don't worry, because we're going to start with Sean, a.k.a. Nick Friedle. And then if you have Rob in the room with you at this moment and you had to work out a trade for Kyrie Irving to somehow get him to the Lakers, how do you even start that conversation? Please don't do the accent. Rob, give me your draft picks. Thank you. I don't want to mess with Russell Westbrook unless I absolutely have to. I need your picks. This doesn't sound like an Australian person on the other end of the line. No, 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 no. No, no, don't do the accent. <laughs> okay, here's my response, accent or not. I'm going to offer you Russell Westbrook. You have the sixth most wealthy owner in all of basketball. Joe Sy is worth $9 billion. You can convince him just to pay Russell to stay at home. It's not going to affect your team. And I'm going to give you my pick, your pick of my 2027 first-round pick or 2029 first-round pick. One of those potentially could be in the lottery because at that point, LeBron James is going to be retired. We're going to go into a rebuild. I would also offer you mana from heaven, but I already traded away KCP. So sorry, I can't offer you that. <laughs> but you get Russ and you get a first round draft pick. And if you really want, you can give me Joe Harris. I'll take on that money and you have more oh, would flexibility. You, would you would just take on Joe Harris, an excellent player with shooting that just might compliment LeBron James. All right, Rob, I'm going to start with you on this one. I need two picks there, Rob. Sorry. What's one move the Lakers have to do this offseason above all else? What are you prioritizing? I got to figure out a way not to have Russell Westbrook on my team heading into training camp next year. What about what Darvin Ham keeps saying? Everything's great. Everything's going to be great with Russ on the team. Sean, isn't that tampering? You can't talk about my coach. You You're worry about tell Steve me Nash. About Sean, you worry about Steve Nash right now. Darvin Ham's doing his best to manage any situation that will face him come training camp. But me as the general manager, I want to do whatever I can to give my team the best chance to succeed, which will include moving Russell Westbrook on, whether moving him on to a team like the Brooklyn Nets or elsewhere. I want to have a chance to play with my big two that won me a championship in the bubble without the frankly diminishing skill set of Russell Westbrook. That's my number one move. Same question to you, Sean. What do the Nets need to do? Prioritize above all else. Oh, gosh. They have got to find a way to get Kevin to stay. Everything in this organization revolves around Kevin Durant. He is beloved internally because of what he represents. He is the star of stars, and it can still work here. If we make every other move centered on Kevin coming back, we can still be very good next season. Okay, so you all have both had a couple of moves under your belt. Sean, you have had some incredibly big ones, but Rob, you too. Is there anything that you would do differently, Sean, as you look back at your tenure with Brooklyn? Oh, Malika, there are several things, but there's one in particular in the last year. I would have stuck to my guns and said, Kyrie, 
you're not going to be a part-time member of this team. That upset the chemistry a great deal. I know there were players that wanted him back. Kevin was pushing to get him back. But when you look in totality of the last season, if he doesn't come back, James Harden's still there. And the chemistry that the group had developed early in the season, it's not overrun by what occurred later in the year. I would have held firm and said, Kyrie, you're not coming back unless the mandate gets lifted. I, well, based on what my number one priority is for the offseason, last offseason I would have traded for Russell Westbrook, would have kept my team more intact, gone for Buddy Heald. But here's the good part about this. I can still get Buddy Heald. I can call up Indiana. I can say, hey, I'd like to acquire my former client, who I was his agent for back in my former life in the NBA world. And I can offer you a piece like Talon Horton Tucker, an emerging talent. You guys are in a rebuild anyway. What do you need? A guy who's more in a win-now type of mode based on his career standing in Buddy Heald. And I will bring him in. I'll get that shooter. No matter what happens with Kyrie, no matter what happens with Joe Harris and the like, I get that wing player Mm. to put alongside LeBron James that last year's team was sorely lacking. Is there anything else you need to get off your chest, Sean? Yeah, there's a lot because Rob has so many problems than I do, but I'd rather have my problems than Rob's. Wait, is is this Nick talking or Sean talking? (laughs) The the laugh is here. That can no longer be Sean. Sean can laugh. As bad as the Nets problems are, at least they're not the Laker problems. Those are really rough, rough issues that old Rob's going to have to figure out. I feel like Rob's talk, it's like staring at me. I think the the, the sticks need to go down at this point, but that was fun. Rob Polinka has a championship there, Shawnee. Okay. That was a while ago. And now this is going off the rails. Hey, uh, (laughs) Mike, Tony, how'd we do? That was fun. I like that a lot. All right, let's do a little uh, coast-to-coast action here. A few storylines around the NBA that I want to get into, but we're going to get to that after the break. Coming up on NBA Today, we're joined by Las Vegas Aces' Kelsey Plum. She recaps her performance at this year's All-Star Game. More to come on NBA Today after the break. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. I'm just grateful to be here. Um, Man, I've just been on a journey individually and... uh... A little step back. Wow, that's pretty. That's what I want to see, baby. She's had the mentality. You can't guard me right now. I was like licking my chops. I was like, yep, this is what I wanted right here. Kelsey Plum, fresh off her All-Star Game MVP, is joining us here on NBA Today. Kelsey, thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. What an intro. See, and now we get to get into it a little bit. And we're going to start with your journey so that our audience knows exactly how special that MVP must have been for you. Tore your Achilles in 2020. You won gold at the 2023 on three Olympics. 
You won 2021 Sixth Woman of the Year. You were named an All-Star, won the aforementioned All-Star MVP, and now you're the leading candidate for league MVP. That's incredible. What has this comeback journey been like for you? Oh, man. Um, I just have to give glory to God. I think for me, um, I've been on this journey, like you said. Um, but this uh, this process that I've been on, um, I've just enjoyed, I've enjoyed this time and this moment. And I think that's why it's so special because I'm just very present. Uh, I think that, you know, I've hit some bumps and ups and downs along the way, but it's just built character and resilience. And, um, you know, I just, I'm in a different place these days. That's great. I, I love hearing that. And I also love watching you while you advocate about making the WNBA more easily accessible for fans. Are there any major changes or even subtle changes that you would like to see come to fruition here? Absolutely. I mean, first of all, I think access, you know, we understand that the product is phenomenal. Uh, we have some of the most amazing athletes in the world and um, it's hard to get to a games. I know the other day, um, my mom was texting me during halftime, like, Hey, I can't find the game. Can mm. you help me? And it's my mom. That's someone that's super invested in me and in our team. So I can't imagine for the casual fan uh, just wanting to, you know, catch a game. Uh, we have to make it one click away. Yeah. A couple more clicks. We're not going to get that uh, interaction that we need. And so I think that the easier access is going to be able to do that. I think we can certainly play a role in, in helping with that. And I appreciate you coming on here and allowing us to have this space to, to share that. Um, one idea that was floated by Arash Markazi, and is, it's garnered a little bit of support, most notably from LeBron James, is holding the All-Star game where you play in Vegas while Summer League is going on. What do you think of that proposal? I mean, I'm a little biased, obviously, because uh, <laughs> I'm in Vegas, but I think it would be a tremendous idea. I mean, we understand that, you know, summer in basketball is Las Vegas. You know, we have summer league. There's a bunch of AAU tournaments, boys and girls, coaches meet up there. Uh, a lot of teams do training camp out there. And so I think why not have a basketball mecca in Vegas every summer highlighting the best female athletes in the world? Um, I mean, I can't think of a better opportunity. And I know the Aces, um, specifically Mark Davis, would support that heavily. So, I mean, listen, I'm in. Not that my vote counts, but I'm in. <laughs> see, well, if you're in, that's part of it. I I, I was able to, to see the Aces and see everybody uh, out when we were in Vegas just for a moment, walking in and seeing the fans that you all have, it's the most incredible environment I've ever seen. And I know that a lot of our friends at ESPN, Cassie, she was sitting courtside for one of your games. She's like, this is insane. This is absolutely amazing. So let's talk about your squad. Um, apart from the success this year, it seems like year in and year out, you all have just, just this genuine bond. How have you been able to come together on the court and how important is that in translating to wins here? It's the people. Um, the people make the difference. And I think that uh, the relationships we have, uh, you're seeing it on the court, but off the court, I think we've honestly been almost just as famous in terms of going viral about some of the videos that we've done. We make a lot of fun of each other. Uh, you have to have thick skin if you're going to be on this team because anyone can catch any type of joke at any type of time. So um, it's a ton of fun. There's never a moment of silence. There's always laughter. And that's what you want. You want to be able to enjoy your experience while uh, while hooping and it's not bad to win some games too. Yeah, it, not bad. Yeah, it's it's not bad. Um, lastly though, uh, Kelsey, you dedicated your all-star game performance to, to Brittany Griner. How do you and the rest of the league continue to advocate for her freedom? We obviously saw the photo today come out of her holding uh, the photo of a bunch of folks at all-star all wearing her number. That's one of our own. 
you know, I, I feel like the WNBA um, is so tight and so unique because we are a unified front. Uh, that's what makes us different than other leagues. And uh, we stick together. And there was never a question that anyone in that locker room or the opposing locker room was going to wear anything other than Brittany's jersey. Mm. Um, and it's just cool because, like, people, they gave us the option, and it was never a question. So I just think that speaks to uh, who our league is. And she's our sister, and we want her home. And uh, we're going to continue to vocalize that and do anything that we can do uh, to make sure that Brittany's where she needs to be. Um, I don't know if you've ever spent time around Brittany, but she's one of the most amazing humans um, you've ever met. And so I think that um, it's just heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking for us and we need her back. Absolutely. Um, Monica McNutt, my colleague and friend, is also here. She's a big supporter of the W game and she would like to uh, ask you a little something. Monica? Uh, hey, Kels. Hey, girl. <laughs> What's up, baby? How you doing? <laughs> um, I just have this one for you. We know you're a shooter shooter, but what about your modeling these days? Uh, are you as good a model as you are a scorer, <laughs> huh, friend? Listen, I, I think I approach it the same way. You just got to go in with no conscience. There's no such thing as a bad <laughs> shot. Um, <laughs> and it Looks paid like off. <laughs> Thank you. No, I had so much fun. Uh, I'm actually wearing it right now, GSTQ. Um, God Save the Queen. It's by Danny Garcia. Mm. Um, she, she's unbelievable. And I think that's, you know, we talk about more female empowerment. And um, this brand is for women, by women. And I'm proud to be an ambassador. And um, I'm going to continue to do what I do. And that's wear it with fierceness and play on the court in the same way. For women Love and it. by women. And that's how we need to continue to uplift this league. We cannot wait to watch you continue to play this season. Kelsey, thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us here on NBA Today. Thanks, guys. And how cool is this? The NBA and WNBA announced the launch of Junior NBA Leagues. It's a new national network of recreational basketball leagues for boys and girls ages 6 to 14. It's going to tip off in 11 markets across the United States this November, and then it's going to expand nationwide. You can learn more at JuniorNBALeagues.com. And still to come on NBA Today, we are minutes away from Ohm Young Masuk's sit-down conversation with the new Clipper John Wall. Heard what he had to say and how he can impact the Battle of L.A. as NBA Today rolls off. I'm just fired up to be here today. Paul is always a player that I wanted to play with. Man, we're going to make it happen LAR way. Pretty cool! Pretty damn cool! Come on, get up if you're psyched as I am! I'm pumped! Oh, come on! Get up! I hope to have that much energy at some point. Uh, that was July of 2019. And since then, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, have only played in 80 games together of a possible 226. That's over the last three seasons. And that's just 35% of the Clippers' total games. But they were finally able to break through a little bit in 2021. The Clippers, they reached the Western Conference Finals for the first time in franchise history before losing to the Phoenix Suns in six games. And it was a valiant effort without Kawhi Leonard, who got injured in the previous round against the Utah Jazz. And now... With what they expect to be a healthy roster next season, they're going to try to be back as contenders. I know Ty Lue, after seeing him at Summer League, is feeling good about their chances. But the Clippers, 
they also made a pretty big signing. They signed point guard John Wall, who's dealt with injuries the last few years. And our own young Om Masuk, say that ten times fast, sat down with him. And for those of you that just need some clarity, we just walked from the cozy corner of our studio to the wall. So let's hear from him now. Do you think some people have forgotten about John Wall? For sure. A lot of people have forgotten about me. But it don't take long to wake him back up. John Wall has taken over this game. Hashtag that. John, you didn't waste any time agreeing to terms with the Clippers. Why the Clippers? Uh, I think it's just a first-class first organization. Um, great teammates over there. They're great guys. Uh, playing, get the opportunity to play with Kawhi and PG. You know, they just like they have a great culture. Uh, that's something I want to be around. And also, not having to be a Batman every night, having an opportunity to play with other players where I can take the back seat and uh, develop my game, but also just help those guys out as much as possible. Oh, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. That was sick. Look it. I mean, I watched that team from afar for a long time. And, you know, like this point in my career, uh, I could have probably signed anywhere else and tried to be the man. I feel like I'm past that stage. And, I mean, you got to mature. And, and sometimes take their pride away, and that's something I'm willing to do. I know I'm still a talented player. I know other things I have worked on, uh, especially being able to knock down catch and shoot shots because I probably won't have the ball in my hands as much. But uh, at the same time, they still want me to be myself, be aggressive, uh, be able to break down the defense for those guys, get them open shots. And then I think sometimes in the fourth quarter, a lot of teams just keying on Kawhi and Paul George. I think that's an opportunity for me to excel it, and uh, it should be fun. Pull up, right wing three. Good! John! The last time we saw you play was April in 2021 when you had like 23 and 7 against the Clippers. What do you expect from yourself this season? What do I say? Yeah. You'll see. Everybody gonna see. I know a lot of people talk like, oh, he's talking like this and talking like that, but I know how much work I put into myself, uh, what I've been through the last three years. I feel like a lot of people would have folded. And uh, I feel like I just stayed true to myself, had a great group of people around me that kept me motivated. And uh, just most importantly, I mean, losing my mom, losing my grandma. That's something that was devastating for me. I think that's the darkest I've ever been in my life, like the darkest place I've ever been. And uh, I think it just shows like how strong I am and how true I am to myself. Like I know uh, this basketball is my sanctuary. And uh, outside of losing my mom and my grandma, you know what I mean, get hurt. This is what I love to do. Like you can take the money, you can take the fame away. All I want to do is hoop. John pulls up for three. Got it! He's been sensational! You excited for like, you know, this, this battle for LA type of thing? Battle. Yeah. We know who they have over there and we know who we have on our side. So I think it's going to be a great battle. And I think the great opportunity for me is I think a lot of people get to see me play on TV. I mean, being with Kawhi and those guys, they have a lot of TV games. I love the stage. When the lights is bright, that's the best time to perform. So I'm excited for it. So John Wall had a stretch in Washington before the injuries in which he made five straight all-star appearances. That was between 2014 and 2018. And then he also led the league in assists per game in that span. And if he can stay healthy and regain somewhat of that form, he's certainly going to be able to help the Clippers here. Uh, and look who is joining us now. It's Om Young Masuk, our reporter who covers the Clippers for us, along with Dave McMenamin, who covers the Lakers for ESPN. And we're going to chat a little bit about this battle of L.A. that you were able to speak with John Wall about. But before we get there, what went into the Clippers' decision to sign John Wall Ohm? Well, they went into the offseason wanting to bring back as many of their guys as possible, which I think they accomplished outside of Isaiah Hartenstein, who went to the Knicks. Mm. And they wanted to address point guard. And so John Wall addresses that. Uh, this has been a move that's probably been a year in the making, actually, according to John Wall, because he says he's been watching Clipper games. He's been talking to his very close friend, Paul George, about – 
joining the Clippers and he saw this as a really good fit because he's he, as in his own words he says I could have went to any team I wanted to and been the man but I don't need to go to a team and be Batman every night and have that pressure on me where I have to carry a team and be 2016 John Wall yeah he says can I still be 2016 John Wall absolutely mm. but he likes the idea of fitting alongside Kawhi and PG and being the third or fourth guy what stood out to you Dave from that interview interview that we just heard from Ohm he's been through a lot of life over the last couple of years um, experiencing the, the tough side of life. And I, to me, that can hurt a person, break a person, or it can have someone reprioritize, figure out what really matters to them, look inward. Seems like he's in a spot where he wants to find the joy of basketball, and, and he feels like the Clippers are a great spot for it. They have a great front office. They have one of the best coaches in the game. They have a ton of talent, yeah. talent that have something to prove. He can join that group. I, it seems like a great fit going into the year. Yeah, it, it certainly makes a lot of sense, at least on paper, particularly if, like you said, he can stay healthy. Wall alluded to this in the interview. He talked about the sort of battle for Los Angeles. And when you look at the, the fan side, right, when you're in a Clippers game, when you're in Crypto.com for the Clippers versus the Lakers, it feels very different in terms of even just the number of people in there. But when you actually look at the basketball product on the court, the Clippers have actually beaten the Lakers seven straight times. So how do the Lakers view this rivalry? Rivalry. Yeah, I mean, the Clippers are undefeated mm. against the Lakers since Ty Lue became the head coach. 2019-2020, I think there was something to it. Like, Kawhi Leonard chose the Clippers over the Lakers. They had the opening night matchup against one another. They had Christmas Day when the bubble, when they restarted the season. It was Lakers versus Clippers down in Orlando as well. Since then, it hasn't really been that. And that was a very small moment in the time. Listen, Laker fans will say point to the banners. Clippers fans will say let's talk about current day. Uh, it, 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 I don't think the players, especially since Pat Beverly left, yeah. it's not so much on the players' minds. I thought it was really interesting because when I asked John Wall that, he points out, he says, battle. He goes, they've won eight straight, and it's seven straight. So, but the fact that he kind of knew what that was or was in the ballpark, that to me was very interesting. That means he's talking about it with perhaps Paul George and other guys. He clearly knows what the record was. I mean, he added one off, but he clearly knows he was in the neighborhood. There. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's going to be fun to watch, especially this year. I, I want to stick with the Lakers here, though, just for a second, Dave, because Jeannie Buss, uh, the owner of the Los Angeles Lakers, there was a tweet that she sent out a couple of days ago. Quote, I miss KB. Uh, speaking about Kobe Bryant, he would understand and explain everything that I'm not allowed to. Honestly, he was the greatest Laker ever. He understood team over self, meaning your rewards would come if you valued team go goals over your own and then everything else would fall into place. And, and our friend Mark Medina, he did a really exceptional and, and all-encompassing interview with Jeannie Buss. And asked her about this and she clarified that what more can you tell us about sort of the intent of this tweet yeah mark on nba.com really got into all the things you'd want to know from Jeannie bus at this moment in time and Jeannie's explanation was that uh, the lakers are putting together a documentary series on their franchise history and she's been steeped in kobe bryant footage and in that moment she was just really missing a former colleague, a friend, a confidant, and she knows that Laker Nation feels that way too. And she wanted to reach out and feel connected to this fan base to try to help her through that, that tough moment. Now, I give credit to Medina. He asked a follow-up, hey, this was interpreted as being a indirect shot at LeBron James. Jeannie claims that that was not her intention whatsoever. It was clearly to her just a moment where, where she was feeling things. But the moment in time where it shared 
it lets you know that the Lakers have a lot of work left to do. Mm. And because of that, and because of the uncertainty of what LeBron's going to sign it, extension things like that will be interpreted differently yeah it's going to be interesting to continue to see the way that that relationship unfolds gentlemen thank you so much we will have more NBA today back in 60 seconds all right that's going to do it for us on NBA today cheers to the weekend everyone I'm going to go do that Lizzo Peloton ride that's my big plans for this weekend no make show trade, on Monday trade, but we will see trade. you all on Tuesday NFL live hey nice aim coming up next <laughs>